0: Welcome to Sisterhood, what a pleasure to be able to stand here and be able to share what I believe that the Lord has laid on my heart, put on this paper for such a time as this to share with the women of River Valley and beyond. What an honor to be able to run this online and let other people watch it as well. And so tonight, as we are studying the identity of a believer, we're gonna dig into lesson three titled, I Have the Mind of Christ. You have notes in front of you. You will notice on your notes, ladies, I don't have fill in the blank. And there's a couple of reasons why I don't do that because I want you to grab your pens and I want you to write what the Lord speaks to you as you're reading the scripture and as I'm speaking because there might be something that I missed that he felt was important to just tell you individually and so grab your pen, grab your pencil. I'm a firm believer in marking your scripture, taking notes because when you get to discussion you think you're going to remember it and for some reason it has lost your mind. So write it down as the Lord reveals things to you tonight, anytime we open Open the word of God he speaks. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so listen with ears and write as you hear what he has to say to you. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, in the Amplified Version. And you know what? I'm going to have you read this with me. So we're going to open up reading together 1 Corinthians 2, 16 in the Amplified Version. Ready, go. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels, and purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his hearts. Underline, circle, scribble, do whatever you need to do to the phrase, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Let me ask you, do you believe the word of God is true? Yes, Yes, Then you believe when it says that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That's you, that's me, that's us. We have it. It says it, so we get to believe it. Even when we don't feel like it, ladies, it's true. Even when it doesn't, even when we can't see it, it's true. We have the mind of Christ, even when it's hard to believe it. I look at my regular life and I think, I have the mind of Christ. It seems so absurd because just this week I was at Target and I'm sure you guys were there too and you get into like row two and what happens? What did I come here for? And you completely forget, excuse me. Or you're in a conversation or a situation and you're having thoughts that are going through your mind and you're smiling on the outside as if to say, yes, I love you. But inside your mind is going crazy and thinking things that are not Christ-like and yet the word says, but we have the mind of Christ? It's true. It's true. Believe it. Paul didn't say we have the brain of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. See, your brain is a physical organ in your body. It can be touched. It can be studied. It can be diagrammed. Your mind, ladies, is not visible. It's made up of your intellect, your feelings, your emotions, your imaginations, your attitudes. It's completely different. Actually, Dr. Carolyn Leaf says, this is just a little side note. I was listening to one of her podcasts. She said that 99% of you is made up of your mind, and 1% is your brain. That's good news if we have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to adopt God's thoughts as our own. That's what it means when we say we have the mind of Christ. Here's the other good news, ladies. This hasn't always been the case. See, Old Testament believers, it says in Isaiah 55:8 8 through 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. You don't have them. My thoughts are unreachable. But all that changed when Jesus came. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. See, we often quit reading there and we stop and we think about how wonderful heaven will be, so wonderful that it doesn't enter into our hearts to imagine what God has prepared. And even though it's true that God is going to far surpass our expectations of what heaven will be like, the thought doesn't stop there because if you keep reading in verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Let me say that again. God has revealed. He has revealed truth to us through his Holy Spirit. What's truth? Well, by definition, it's the reality lying at the base of an appearance. See, what we see, ladies, that's not the full truth. Appearances may contain some facts, but we cannot say we have the complete truth. Unless the essence or the heart of the matter is known. And our five senses can't give us a full report because our five senses can only tell us what exists in the natural realm. Does that make sense? Okay, so in order for us to really know the truth, then we need to be able to see our situation from God's perspective. That, need, that means that we need to be able to see things that our natural eyes cannot see. This is what Jesus prayed for us in John 17, 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. That means I'm defined by God's words. Not my thoughts, not my feelings, not my opinions, not anybody else's opinions. Here's the thing. Many of us, we have bought into the lies about who we are because we've never taken the time to learn the truth or the word of God. And we need to start thinking about things the way that God thinks about them. See, many of us have, including me, I'm not just saying you. I'm included in this. We've bought into the lies of I'm not good enough. I can never. I guess I'm just stuck with that. I guess I'm always going to be sick. I'll never amount to that. No, 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 ladies. That's not God's truth. Okay? We are anointed for truth. Last week, Laura stood up here and she talked about The spirit, soul, and body. Okay, your brain is in your body. Your mind is in your soul. And the Holy Spirit, with all the thoughts of God that we want to adopt as our own, resides in your spirit. See how all that ties again together in this lesson. This is important. When we say we have the mind of Christ, this is what we're saying. We're saying that God has made us capable of knowing his mind and hearing the teachings of his Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Catch this. Our responsibility is not to manufacture the wisdom. Ours is to simply draw out what he has already put there. Let me repeat that. Our responsibility isn't to manufacture the wisdom. Ours is to draw out what God has already put there. Isn't that good news? Think of it like you'd think of a bank account, okay? If you had a large sum of money in the bank account, it's good to know that it's there. But if you need to pay a bill, it's not going to do you any good just sitting there. You actually need to draw it out. You need to have access to it so that it can do something. Same thing. We need to draw out what God has already put into our bank account. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what, you have access to a different account than you did before you were saved. That's good news. We have access to an account that has a vast amount of wisdom. God has the answer to every question. He's literally the genius on every subject. He always knows best. He knows everything. See, we don't know everything, but we have the one within us who does. Amen. Amen. We have access to all the wisdom that we need. 1 John 2.20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. See, the Holy Spirit has anointed you to know the truth. Colossians 3, and have clothed yourselves with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of Him who created it. See, the Holy Spirit, he just keeps revealing Jesus to us. He's continually teaching us and guiding us into all truth. And we can say we have the mind of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit and he freely shares his wisdom with us. And then he anoints us so that we can understand it. See, a natural mind without the Spirit of God cannot understand spiritual things. So if we're going to fully receive the word of God and the truth of God and everything that he's communicating to us, we need the Holy Spirit to help us. And that's exactly what God has promised we would have. Look at John 14. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Keep reading in John 16. I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come, and he he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. See, when the Holy Spirit takes the wisdom of God and he declares it to you, he is delivering to you the mind of Christ. Let me say that again. When the Holy Spirit takes the wisdom of God and he declares it to you, he is delivering you the mind of Christ. He's guiding you into all truth, the full, the complete truth, not just the appearance of it that's wisdom, that goes beyond what our five senses could ever report, beyond what our intellect could ever figure out. The Holy Spirit can actually take individual passages of the scripture and bring it to our remembrance at just the right time. Have you ever been in a situation when what you see or what you feel or what you hear doesn't line up with what God spoke? And then, all of a sudden, he supernaturally reminds you of something you read in his word that morning, or something you heard years ago, or something you'd hidden your heart in your heart many, many years ago. And all of a sudden, what you see doesn't matter because you remember what he promised. You remember what he spoke. You remember what his word says. And now, instead of sitting in how you feel or what you see, you begin to align your thoughts with Christ. And here's the deal, ladies. When the things that you hear or the things that you feel don't line up with what God spoke, go with what He spoke. When you see facts that don't line up with the faith that you have, go with what He spoke. When you're sitting in unrest and anxiousness, but He said you can have peace in all things, go with what He spoke. When you feel alone or forgotten, but he said, hey, I will never leave you nor forsake you, go with what he spoke. When you feel empty or far from God and you're looking for things to fill that void, but he said, seek first the kingdom of God, go with what he spoke. Okay, when the world tries to tell you who you are, but he said, no, 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 you are fearfully and wonderfully made, go with what he spoke. Most of our battles in life are won in our mind. And if we know the truth, if we know the word of God, that's what sets us up for success. Setting ourselves up for success, winning the battle. How do we do that? I want to do it. So we're going to be a student of his word. Number one, we're going to read it. Okay, so in my former life, I was an elementary school teacher before I had children of my own, and I taught first grade and third grade, so we had spelling words every single week. I would tell the kids, this is how I want you to learn the words, because I felt like this was the best way for them to memorize it. I'd say, read it, write it, think it, say it. Read it, write it, think it, say it. Read the word, write the word, think the word, say the word. Funny how lessons in first grade can still be true when you're a whole lot older. Read the word. Write the word. Think the word. Say the word. Read it. For us to benefit from the the mind of Christ, ladies, we need to store the word of God in our hearts so when the Holy Spirit utters his wisdom to us, we recognize who it is that's speaking. Second, or Colossians 2, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this, no one will deceive you with well-crafted, I'm telling you this, so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Here's basically what I just read to you. This enemy the stinking enemy that makes me so mad sometimes. He knows that we have access to God's wisdom. He knows that truth trumps all. He knows that when we start believing these well-crafted arguments and lies, that it disables us. That it causes us to not function as well as a person. That it causes dysfunction in our family. That it causes dysfunction in our relationships. He knows that. So when the enemy tries to deceive me with my well-crafted, with his well-crafted arguments, I want to have read the words. So so that I can recognize that it's a lie and it is not truth. We need to know the truth. Look what First Peter says. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering as you. Okay, we have an enemy who is seeking to derail us and he is sneaky. If he wasn't sneaky, it would be a whole lot easier to recognize the lies. But he's sneaky, so it says, be alert, watch out so that you're not devourable. We do this by reading the word of God. We do this by knowing the word of God. We do this by knowing the truth of what he says. Read God's word, write God's word. I don't know about you, but there's something that happens in me if I put an actual pen to paper and write it down. After I've read something, I have journals, I have Post-it notes all over my house. Because something clicks for me the moment that I put it on the paper. It's like all of a sudden I see it and I'm like, I get it. I get it. And if I need to keep being reminded of a truth, I will put it anywhere I need to put it. My mirrors, my counters, my car, my purse. So that I can pull it out anytime and look at it. Write it down down. This is kind of a silly analogy. and made sense in my mind. I'm not sure if I'll be able to communicate it, but I mentioned that um, my girls like to ride horses, and so we do horse things. We buy horses. We sell horses, and if I get the papers that say, hey, you have a certified horse. This is the one you're looking for. I can read it. I can read it. I can read it, and I can go out to the pasture, and I still can't recognize which horse I'm supposed to take home with me, But if the master has branded it, if the master has written on it, if the owner of that horse has put some letters on it, all of a sudden I go out there and I look at the pasture and I've read all about it and then they say, you're going to take the one with the R or the D. Yep, I know that it's that one. I know that's the right one. It's like because it's written on it, I know that it's the right one and I can grab it a lot quicker. I don't know, that kind of made sense in my mind. If I write down the truth, it's easy. Yep, that's truth. I can grab it. I can take it with me. I know that's what I'm supposed to have, not the lies that the enemy's trying to teach me. I want to take the truth with me. Read it, write it, think it. Or I could say picture it or imagine it. Order your thoughts. In my own life, I often run into trouble when I try to access the mind of Christ because I allow my natural circumstances to drown out the truth of God. Here's what God's word says I'm supposed to do in 2 Corinthians 10, five. as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. See, when my natural reaction or a lie of the enemy sneaks up on me, here's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to take that, cap- thought, that thought captive and put it in its rightful place that's secondary to God's word. Any lie or sneaky, well-crafted argument that tries to come into your head, you are to grab that thought and put it under submission to God's word. It belongs under there. There's nothing that comes on top of this. Everything goes underneath here. So when the world tries to tell you one thing, grab it and put it under here, you guys, it's not truth. This is the truth that we get to stand on. Look past the appearances. Look past the way it seems. Look past the way it feels. We're not denying that certain circumstances don't exist. We're just putting them in their rightful place. We're putting them underneath the the truth. It needs to be submissive to the truth. We can't always control what happens to us, but here's what we can do. We can control what we think, and we can control what we do with our thoughts. Let me give you some examples here. The facts might be that you're sick in your body, right? You can't deny that's true, but you take that fact and you place it underneath the truth that by his stripes, we are healed. You aren't ignoring the sickness, okay? You're just looking beyond the appearance. You're taking into account the whole situation, and you're thinking about the situation the same way that God would. You think like he thinks, and he thinks sickness is subject to his healing promises. Imagine or picture yourself healed. Think it. Maybe the fact is that you're poor, and your bank account actually shows that and backs it up. Okay? You're, that's, that's the appearance, the facts according to the appearance. My bank account is low, Emily. I don't have any money in there. But if you want the truth the way that God sees it, we look past it, appearances. The Bible says you're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. So we reframe our thinking to what the Bible says, and that says God provides for all your needs according to his riches. So when the enemy points to the facts, our job is to take those facts captive, make them obey the full truth, and that puts your bank account in its proper place, which is to be subject to God's promise of provision. Is it easy no. Is it worth it? Yes. Okay, reframe your thinking. Take your situation and give it a but, God. I don't know what your current circumstances or your current situation, but God does. Take your situation, take the lie, take the fact, take whatever you're seeing that looks a certain way or feels a certain way and give it a but God. Go back to his word, read it, write it, think it and then say it out loud. This is what my life looks like but God said this. This is what my marriage feels like but God said this. This is what I feel in my body but God said this and then you go with what your but God spoke. Amen. Amen. Read it, write it, think it, and say it. See, I think that words are fruits of our thoughts. So if you want to know what you're thinking, you'll know by what you're saying out loud. And if you're saying things that don't line up with God's truth, then you need to go back to step one. Read it, write it, think it, say it. It's no surprise that when we start declaring, when we start confessing things, truth, out of our mouth, it changes everything. My girls have always had a saying that I've had them say since they were little, and it was, I would ask them, who are you? And they'd say, we're Paul girls, and we will honor Christ. But just recently, I felt like the enemy was trying to sneak in some lies to them, trying to tell them where their worth came from, trying to tell them what they needed to wear in order to be called something or to be cool, could I say that? And I didn't really like where it was going, and so I went to the Lord, and I said, Lord, tell me how to parent them. Show me some scripture. And I sat down with them and we read some scripture. And then we recreated what they're going to say every day. And I say, who are you? They say, we are Paul girls and we will honor Christ with what we say, what we do, how we think, and what we wear. Hopefully that when the lies creep in, they can take them captive, put them underneath the truth, make it submissive to that, and know that, no, 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 I am who God says I am. It doesn't matter the opinions of others. It doesn't matter what other people say. I am who God says I am. And I will honor him in everything that I do, in everything that I say, in everything that I think, in everything that I wear. The world does not define us. God does. So we begin to adopt his perspectives. When we read it, when we write it, when we think it, when we say it, all of a sudden we start thinking like he he thinks. Paul, Peter, James, and Jude, they all called themselves bondservants of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we want to do? I just want to scream, Lord, I want to be a bondservant of you. I want everything that you have for me, Jesus. That's what they were doing. They were letting the same mind that was in Jesus operate in them. They adopted Jesus' perspective in their lives. I admire that. They realized that if Jesus did all of this for us, we should view our lives through the same lens. The humble submission and obedience to God is admirable what they did. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Please underline the word repent. It means to think differently, to reconsider. At hand, to make near, to approach, to come. This is simply what Jesus is saying. Hey, think differently. The kingdom is here. See, we're always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what are you thinking? Do you need to think differently? How can you think like Jesus? How can you adapt his perspective in the things that are happening around you? And remember, as we study in the word and we study about Jesus, you guys, he came to earth as a human, right? That's no surprise to you. So he had to go through some of the same things that we did. He was a human, we are human. Yet he had to believe just like we had to believe He viewed, I want to look at how he viewed some of his challenges. We're going to take lack. Think of the story of the feeding of the 5,000. What do the disciples say? Oh, we need to send them away because we don't have food. And Jesus is like, no, 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 we don't. Give me that boy's lunch. See, because he didn't view it as lack. He viewed it as, you know what, God says that we're always going to have more than enough. God doesn't want us to look at our shortcomings as though there's no lack with him. He's like, this is what God gave us. This is more than enough. Storms, they represent trials in our lives. We all have them. If we don't, we're lying to ourselves, right? We read about two storms that Jesus faced during his time on earth. In one of these storms, Jesus was asleep, and his disciples were all in a big panic. And in the other storm, Jesus actually walked on water. So then, ladies, the mind of Christ, in the face of storms, we are to remain quiet Quietly at rest to understand that whatever you face in this life, you can, you can walk on your circumstances if you walk by faith. Jesus just sat quietly. So having the mind of Christ in our storms, we remain in quiet rest. We walk by faith. Sickness. Jesus faced lots of people that were sick. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because he knew God was with him. Sickness was subject to him, and the result of his mindset was the healing of multitudes of people. So the bottom line is this, Jesus never encountered a situation in his life where he came at it from a position of lack-mindedness. He was never powerless. He knew who he was. He knew his father. And he knew what was available to him. And if we are to have the mind of Christ, then we need to think the way that he thinks. We need to know our identity as being in Christ. We need to know who he is. That he is powerful. That he is faithful. We need to know what is available to us by finding and believing the promises in the word of God. We have the same mindset as Jesus had. Here's the deal. The result of thinking like he thinks is transformation. And when you renew your mind to think like he thinks, your life will be transformed. Take your current situation. Take your current circumstance. Take your current lie or half-truth or well-crafted argument by the enemy, ladies. Look up your promises that he's given you. Read it write it, think it, say it, and then go with what he spoke. Jesus, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it's true, Lord. We thank you that we can have the mind of Christ by your spirit, Lord. We thank you that we have access to a vast amount of wisdom because of you Jesus Lord I pray for the situations that are in this room right now Lord I pray healing over ones that are sick in the name of Jesus Lord I pray abundance over those that are sitting in lack in the name of Jesus Lord I pray restoration over those that are sitting in destruction Lord I pray redemption over those that are sitting in a place of hurt Jesus we thank you that we can have a mindset like you have Jesus we thank you that you have given us access to truth even we don't feel it even when we don't see it even when it doesn't look like it jesus that we can believe on the promises that you said that you will do what you will do lord thank you that you give us the strength to go with what you spoke even when it doesn't feel good so lord we thank you again for what you have done in this room i pray that the conversation would be fruitful in jesus name we pray amen amen